well, good morning, a few minutes ago. <laughs> Thank the Lord for his faithfulness. Thank the Lord for being in the house of God. Thank the Lord for the heritage of the gospel that has been our portion for the last 70 years. Thank the Lord for righteousness and the privilege of knowing him in a personal way. It's such a blessing to hear the gospel and to be able to share the gospel, to share it both in word and in deed. We are a blessed people, if that's a part of our heritage, and blessed if it's beginning to be a part of our heritage. Do you have a Bible? Look up Genesis 3 and 20, just so I can see if that's... I'm very thankful for the faithfulness of God and for the uh, revelations of his might. Thank you, Lord. Thank the Lord for the history of the gospel in my life and in our family and all of your lives. The gospel was presented to many of you many years ago, and we thank the Lord for that generations ago because that is what will change the world. What's the first word? Yeah. Three words. So we are persuaded that God is still concerned about mankind and about all of us as he brings the gospel to this troubled generation. God is meant for us to survive and to do well. Today is Mother's Day and I have been blessed for several decades to be a mother. We thank the Lord for that. Considering that I've told the story many times but I'll just touch on it. For many years I was told, well, decades I was told I'd never have children, but the Lord honored that desire, and the Lord saw fit to honor me with that blessing. But God is, it's important to God that we all do well, and that the people of God do well. Does it say about Eve being the mother? Okay, read that first. Genesis 3 and 20, and Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. Absolutely. That's a foreshadow of what God created in the church. The church is, it is through the church that new spiritual life is birthed, and that is the intent God had for the church to do that. Just like he blessed womankind to have children and he meant to bless them in a special way to do well. Through many challenges, God has created a place of survival and of success in persons having children. That scripture referring to Eve was centuries ago, but God was able to perpetuate continued life and God has that same blessing to perpetuate, perpetuate continued life in the church. 
but he expects the church to p participate in that option when you have uh, persons that need spiritual life the church is supposed to nurture them and bless them to grow so that they can develop into spiritual beings do you realize if there had, God had not put that in place there would have been no generations after Eve and we've had billions of people born because God set that in place in spite of all the challenges of the people, children of Israel were nomadic people, probably many others, but many children, generations were born in the same way with the uh, natural and spiritual life. God has perpetuated a design that is so amazing that life can be created, that spiritual birth can happen in this generation. In generations since the time of Eve's conception and deliverance of the first children. Could you look at Exodus 20 and 12, please? It's so important that we understand the sacredness of motherhood and we support mothers for their survival. And so those that hinder the health and well-being of mothers. Okay. Exodus 20, verse 12. Honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Amen. God, like in so many places in the scripture, obedience generates a blessing. So if we honor our father and mother, there's a blessing attached to that. Honor our father and our mother. I remember when I was in high school, I was a communication student in high school, the class was called, actually called forensics. But when I was in a class, I believe that's where I was. I know I was in a class, whether it was high school or college. And the teachers wanted me to express myself a lot more passionately than I was expressing myself. And so he said, you know how you get so angry at your parent and, you, and how you say what you're going to say? He said, well, I want you to say it like that. I said, well, I've never done that. I don't know how to do that. So when we realize that mothering and parenting, God has ordained a blessing of, that goes with it. And as we lay the foundation for this, we will go into the spiritual relevance. Exodus 2 and 1, please. Mm -hmm. And the woman conceived and bare a son, and when she saw him, 
and he's a goodly child, she hid him three months. Okay, that's fine. That, of course, is referring to Moses. What we want to address is what it must have been like to be a mother in Eve's time and in Moses' mother's time and how they had to monitor their children. We have to watch streets. They probably had to watch wild animals, climate change, and various things that are very challenging to a newborn. But generations were born. Generations thrived. Generations were able to carry on. And the mothers were able to birth sometimes multiple children after that. But God has ordained a plan that we will have that instinct in, within us. I had recently an interesting experience. Of course, I've been a, aware of this for a long time, that there are certain birds that, well, I, I don't know what kind, but I've read there are certain birds that do two things. First, they will, uh, a mother will have eggs in a nest, and then another bird will come and lay her eggs in that nest. Sometimes the mother will support them, the surrogate mother will support them, and sometimes she will not. When it comes to how many of us know what our state bird is here in California? No, What's this? that's the national bird. Just a minute. Trenton, do you know what our state bird is? You drew Grammy a picture of it. Oh, really? Yes, that's our state bird. But our national bird is the eagle. But anyway, in the quail, their, uh, their tendency is the quail, by nature embedded in them, can birth, deliver maybe up to a dozen, over a dozen eggs. Some have been, in certain parts have gone even over almost two dozen. But the point is, they also have certain quail, maybe they're young, maybe they haven't found a better place, and they'll find a very healthy nest and a very healthy parents, male and female, that are taking care of the eggs, and they'll go lay their eggs in that nest. I didn't know that about 20 plus years ago. I was ill and sitting, looking out of my window and I began to, I saw this mother quail walking by from one bush to another bush. I thought, oh my goodness, there goes the quail. And then behind the quail came bird after bird after bird. Quail are ground birds. They fly a little bit, but they tend to be grounded. Their nests are on the ground. And I counted, and I don't remember how many there were because I finally stopped. But it must have been close to 20 birds. And so I eventually read that quail share, allow their nest to be shared by other birds. And those birds, when they're birthed, they come out with the original birth egg, eggs that were put in the nest. And they just join in and she takes care of all of them. And they survive. But that's not always the, the situation. I'm not certain what's going on with the nest on my porch but we've had a nest on our porch for, someone said this might be the seventh year. And this year I kept wondering, was she coming back? I'm not certain 
that is the original one, but there's some, a bird in that nest. And I wonder if someone laid eggs that were not the original one that's there right now because I came out a couple of days ago and there were two eggs splattered on the sidewalk. So I thought maybe someone, another bird decided to lay their eggs in that nest, but uh, they were not quail, so they just decided to empty the nest. But she's still sitting, so there are eggs still up there that she's sitting on. The point is the behavior of the quail is more of the nat God's pattern that when we have young that come in our midst, we reach out to them as the church and mother them spiritually so that they can survive and do well. And so when it said that Moses was born, Moses was born into a community that was more like the quail. In other words, they monitored and watched him, watched over the, him and that's why he survived. He was actually being sought by the Pharaoh to annihilate him, but he was protected by his environment, by those that cared so much about him, and he lived. And that is the spirit that God wants us to have as we bring spiritual life. The Lord taught me about 35 years ago that whatever child is born, in the sphere of my influence, whether it was at church or wherever it might be, that I was to take personal responsibility. This is the pattern that the Lord was foreshadowing when he said Eve was the mother of... Can you give a couple of Kleenex, please? I think there's some right there. Yes. Thank you. When he said Eve was the shot was the Eve's life was a foreshadow of the picture he wanted for the church. And that being that we nurture those that come in our midst. We give them spiritual guidance, spiritual support, spiritual prayer, and above and beyond, not just giving that, but living in a way that they could follow the pattern. Those baby quail that came marching out of the bushes in our yard from one juniper bush to the other. They had a, that window I was able to watch. Some were probably hers and some weren't, possibly weren't. But every one of them walked behind the mother and that was their survival because she would be the one to seek a safe place for them to go once they had hatched. And they walked all the way till the smallest one probably was behind. And the point is, is that God would like us to have a pattern that he has set in place as well. When I think about that, if God's pattern of the church nurturing souls, I would not be here. I had many of those persons that nurtured me from the time I was very young, along with my parents supporting, had older siblings as well that took on the spirit that God has ordained for the church to uh, nurture and give sustenance to the uh, youth, the ones that are born nearby, 
They may not necessarily be born in one of our homes, but if they're near enough, God said to take personal responsibility. Psalms 86 and 9. Oh, wait just a minute. First, Second Timothy 1 and 5. God has ordained survival for all of us, for all of our children. If you are privileged to have a mother in the church, but what I'd like to point out, this is Mother's Day. We could also call it Church Day because the church nurtures spiritual life and gives life to Second Timothy 1 and 5. 2 Timothy 1, verse 5. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, I am persuaded that in thee also. Thank the Lord just a moment. I love that scripture probably because it's names of persons I know, but the spirit of it is so amazing. They're talking about generational support where the gospel was passed down. This is the church nurturing spiritual lives. This is the church creating support for lives that are in the midst. And that's all of our privilege. Often on Mother's Day, if you've been around when I've been, been present on Mother's Day, I acknowledge the entire church as being part of the motherhood. I realize we have fathers in the midst and they pay a critical part but the church as a whole makes the difference in survival of life, spiritual life in our midst. And so that's why it says grandmother and mother. And I'm persuaded that it's within you also. Remember we said that was a foreshadowing what Eve was, a foreshadowing of the church God had set up for the survival of souls to create an environment where the gospel, gospel can be passed on. So if there's someone that comes into our midst and they don't have a natural parent in the congregation, the church is responsible to mother and nurture them and support them in their survival. Read that again, grandmother and mother. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, I am persuaded that in thee also. I remember when uh, my son Aaron was doing a Bible lesson here one Wednesday night. And of course, since he was a youngster, he often has observations that the average person or the average child does not have. And so I remember him. He was an adult when he shared this. He said, I appreciate, I may be paraphrasing, I sure am. appreciate the message my grandmother Chandler sent me. And so I was alerted because I remembered that he was born just a few hours, less than a day before my mother passed. And so I was trying to figure out what message did, he, did I tell him grandmother sent him? And this is still a paraphrase or encapsulating what God has set up in the, when he said, Eve is the mother of, the, of, of us all, of all living. And then 
that same spirit he brought into the New Testament, bringing the gospel so that it could per per perpetuate life. And so, as he went on with his lesson, I thought, when is he going to tell me what I told him grandmother said? I said, because grandmother was, Aaron was born May 30th, I believe. Grandmother was passed June 2nd. And I thought, what did he say? What does he think I, she sent for me to tell him? So when he got toward the end of his lesson, he said, Grandmother Chandler sent my mother. That was the message she sent me. So that is the spirit of what God had ordained that, our, that the church generate life and pass on the gospel through our lives and through our, we can preach the gospel as I am in the pulpit, but we can preach it equally as effective, if not more effective, by how we live and how we nurture life. That word message we got that Dana had passed this morning touched my heart. I remember when she was just a young girl, and I'm affected by everyone else among our children because the Lord put that responsibility on me. As a church, you're responsible to nurture life and to mother those that need to be mothered spiritually. So we all personally have a responsibility to give life, to nurture, oh, and to support. And it's important. Let's see, we have First Peter 2. I think we'll read 5 verses 1 to 5. Sincere. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. See, if a baby desires the sincere milk of the word and our sincere milk and there's no milk, that can be a crisis. But what that's saying is the spiritual support that the church is responsible to give. And a baby desiring sincere milk is a healthy baby. I remember I've had five children. Each of them had a different weight at birth and had a different behavior in gaining weight. I remember Travis, who was my, as you all know, he's six feet one or so, and he's a big guy. But as I often share, he's the smallest baby I had. He was born at seven pounds, two ounces, and then he lost about over a half pound while he was, before we came home and before he was able to start, I was able to start nursing him. And so it's important. And when I think about that, 
and he was thin. He was not very large as he grew. This is as an infant. <laughs> he eventually grew quite well. But I remember my mother, Grandmother Chandler, was present. And I said, Mama, look at Travis. He's thin. Is he okay? Because I'd had Alicia before that, and she grew quite well. And so she looked at She said to me, she said, is he sick? Does he nurse? Is he eating? Is houses? And he, she asked me several questions. And the answer was a positive yes to all of them. And I thought, oh, you mean he's supposed to look like this? Because many times we assume that a baby's health is decided by how round their little legs are. And of course, Travis was not round. He was quite healthy, quite strong. Matter of fact, when there came to illness among the children, he would often be the only one that didn't get sick. He was very healthy. But uh, my mother, being a wise and mature mother, she said, is there anything indicating he's sick? I said, no. I said, I'm breastfeeding him. Matter of fact, we know the story. I've probably told it enough. I weighed all of my babies starting at the countdown from 10 months to 12 months. And so when they finished their 12th month, I'm they're weaned. Travis was the only one who did not do that. He refused. <coughs> and I, as a mother, did not want any child to be traumatized with the weaning. And so I went back over the, the last two months and did the same process. So he was 14 months before he was weaned. But the point is, is as a mother looking on, reaching out to nurture him in the way he needed to be nurtured. And something Travis will tell you, he insists he remembers almost being born. He definitely remembers when he was being nursed as a baby. He has a memory like, I don't know, like what, but the point is, as a mother, I had to nurture him according to the need, and this is the responsibility of the church to nurture according to the need, according to the uh, needs that are expressed by the uh, child or adult or whoever you're nurturing because their concerns, we want their survival. And God gives directives and wisdom how to do that. And what is important is when a child, spiritual and natural, is desiring milk that is able to be given to them. Okay, let's look at Psalms 86 and 9. Psalms 86, verse 9. All nations whom thou hast made shall come and worship before thee, O Lord, and shall glorify thy name. This is a declaration of what God has ordained in the church when it came to the New Testament. That any nation that has desiring to know God, the church can give life. The church can generate birth that can be sustained. God has designed this for the entire world, wherever there. 
heritage comes from. If they receive the gospel, they can give life, they can receive life and can be birthed into the kingdom of God. Isaiah 2 and 21. Can you get number four and turn it on? The fan. Isaiah chapter 2, verse 21. To go into the clefts of the rocks, and into the tops of the ragged rocks, for the fear of the Lord and for the glory of his majesty, when he ariseth to shake care of the earth. One more time. To go into the clefts. Isaiah 2, 21, and 21. Is that the verse? I think so. To go into the clefts of the rocks and into the tops of the ragged rocks, for the fear of the Lord and for the glory of his majesty, when he ariseth to shake terribly the earth. There is a time that we are in distress just like we are now. It is the church's privilege to seek life for all persons that are in distress. God has a blessing, has ordained to give life and sustenance and survival through the church. And that applies to all of our children, all of those that are connected with us or not connected. As I said, I spent years loving and caring about all the children in the state been very concerned, desiring the Lord to give them survival and to present the gospel in a way that they can partake, partake of it as a sincere milk of the word. Can you turn to Matthew 24 and 14? 14. to God that there is a spiritual birth generated by the church by how the church is presenting itself Bryce can you come down with these two green pills in other words the only way a mother can give birth is if she's a mother the only way she can generate life is if she's a mother thank you Take one out, let's see if one will do. We'll just have to bring this down a little bit. What I'm saying, the only way the church can give life is if we are the spiritual mother 
God has generated by creating gospel and church where we live. church is vibrant and alive, it matters not what the challenges are, the God has ordained the blessing of deliverance of life. And so it's important that as we are members of the congregation and members in the uh, and members in the uh, church of God has ordained, what is most critical is that we have life that can perpetuate life, that we have a care and a love for souls, just like God generated even what we would consider dire times that Eve was brought in to be a mother. God, has, that was a foreshadowing of the church in perilous times down through the generations. There have been times the church has been challenged and the church has had many difficulties, but as long as they had the spirit of God, they were able to generate life and give victory and deliverance through our mother. Galatians 4 and 19. Did I give you Matthew 24 and 14? Did you read that? I think you did, didn't you? Okay, Galatians 4 and 19. Many times we're inclined to think, well, I don't know how much life there is, but when we are faithful to present ourselves as God would have us presented, life can develop, can nurture, that can survive. Yeah, Galatians, pardon, Galatians 4 and 19. Pardon. I remember as I had my children my mind went back to when I had my first one. My mind went back to my mother who birthed 16 children, five live, live births, and she nursed all of them. Two passed in infancy, but I remember watching her as she took care of her children as each one came down to the very last one and how she nurtured the uh, youngest ones. And something I've loved saying, I probably said it so much you may be tired of hearing it, but my mother, as I squirmed holding the baby, she came 
from the kitchen and looked and saw me squirming sitting on the front porch. And she said to me, give me my baby. There's no need for him to have to be there with you squirming. She said he had a lap before he was born. What's important is that in a spiritual sense that our children, do you have that Galatians 4 19? Okay. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness. Read one more. Yes. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, and heresies. Four and nineteen. That's all right. Galatians 4 and 19. My little children, of whom I travail in birth again, until Christ be formed in you. Okay, do we realize that's, that's Galatians? Who is that? Is that John talking or whoever it is? The point is, is that it's the church he was speaking of. As we mentioned that Eve was a foreshadowing of what the church is supposed to do. Read that one more time. Galatians 4 and 19. My little children, of whom I travail in birth Just a minute. Do you know what travail is? That means labor in birth. Keep going. Again, until Christ be formed in you. In other words, that's the responsibility of the church who is the mother. And that's all of us. We travail and labor with souls until... Christ is born in them, and that's such a critical behavior. And so as I said, I remember how my mother cared for her children, and I had many challenges, but I remembered she persevered and nursed all of her children. And it was brought home to me how long she nursed them, because when my, one of my brothers was born, my father desired her to travel with him on a trip. And she did do that. So in order to travel, she weaned that particular baby at nine months. And she still lamented that she had to wean him at nine months instead of his first instead of his first birthday. And I thought that was pretty outstanding. She was able to nurse him till he was nine months, but that was the kind of mother she was. And so what's important for us to realize we are responsible for travailing for the birth of souls. Um, in our midst, and those souls may be our own children, our brother or sister's children, children in the church. We want to, to dwell until Christ is formed in them. Read that one more time. Galatians 4 and 19. Galatians 4 and 19. My little children, of whom I travail in birth again, until Christ be formed in you. Does that sound like a responsibility and an effort? I travail so that Christ can be born in you, my Lord. This is what I call spiritual muscle memory. By them watching and observing, I observed my mother's care of, uh, of her babies, and I patterned after her. Back in those days, you could order diaper service. My mother had diaper service with her babies. And so, of course, when I had my first ones, well, actually, several, all several of my children, until I moved to the desert, they had one service up here, and she was outstanding, came out of Apple Valley. 
And then when I later looked for it to support someone else with it, there was no service here on the desert. At least I'm not aware of it. So when I supported someone with diaper service, it had to come from, I don't know, it was Orange County or over toward Pacoima area, but they could only come to as far as Claremont. But the point is, that was the pattern my mother generated in taking care of her babies. In addition to nursing them, she was very particular about their care and their cleanliness. And so that was the pattern. That was the muscle memory I developed. But also we want to go back to the Galatians where he said, I travailed. In other words, I put forth effort. All of us may not have the privilege of having been in a delivery room, but the uh, delivery of a child is a particular effort, a particular sacrifice. But he said he travailed until the gospel was implanted and imprinted in their hearts. This is a responsibility of the church to live in such a way and to preach the gospel in such a way and to carry on in such a way that a soul is imprinted with the gospel, receive the gospel in a way that they can understand and present, receive. Read that one more time. Let me see if I can word it better. Galatians 4 and 19? Yes. My little children, of whom I travail in birth again until Christ in you. Just a minute. That's such a strong statement. In other words, sometimes we say, well, I only had two hours of labor. I had so many hours of labor. I had different deliveries. Some were longer, some were shorter. But he said, the marking of how long the travail or the labor is, is until Christ is formed in them. This is the mantra given to the church to live in such a way in presenting the gospel to new children and children and new persons that are seeking the gospel until Christ is manifested in them and so that means that you're going to stay in labor until that is manifested may the Lord help us and guide us and inspire us whatever that entails you don't want to make mistakes in delivery you want to be able to stay with it until the, a healthy child is born. I remember I had one child. I was ill through eight of the nine months of pregnancy. And so at seven months, I told the Lord, I cannot deliver this child. And the Lord spoke to me in his gracious manner, and he said, I will deliver you. And so when I got to labor, I was still, that had followed that very difficult pregnancy. I said, Lord, I don't know if I can deliver it. I'm just not very strong. And the, the Lord said, the Lord said to me, spoke to me, and said, let me deliver. In other words, he would just say, just stand back and let me show you. And it was amazing what the Lord did. When we humble ourselves in his hands, that applies to so, 
souls in the natural sense as well as in the in the spiritual sense the Lord said just let me deliver it. in other words let me show you how I can deliver it it was the most amazing thing I think I'd been in labor a couple of hours and they rushed me I called it my OBGYN and told her I was in labor she said well this is you've had other children how quick can you get here when I got there she ran out when they rolled me in and said hurry and they brought me into delivery and so a few minutes after I was there the child was born the point is God gives deliverance and I want to know what was the health of the child and they said many of you know about the GAP, APGAR score they, it's just a quick test they give to newborns right after birth they check various vital signs and they said this child is a 9-10 but the Lord promised me he said I will deliver so it's important to God for the survival of our own natural children it's important to God for the survival of our spiritual children and that that uh, is the entire persons that you are impacted by that you are that you impact their lives we get many requests from our teachers and administrators for the last several years praying for the classrooms praying for the children I often rejoice and realize what a blessing it is that the, the students even if they don't know it that they have praying teachers praying you know adults supervising them and I pray for the children too even though I may never meet them but I pray for them because this is what God has put commission to us and this is what I believe is Paul it may not be but it may be Paul saying that I will travail until Christ is embedded in you imprinted in you and just as our parents live before us and taking care of us the faithfulness of God has designed it that we as a people are responsible to create by our lives by our faithfulness and travail we want to generate spiritual wealth so that people can partake of it benefit from it and be a part of it it's the saving of their lives it's the saving of a generation a generation that needs to know God in a real and genuine way a generation that can yet impact the world we desire that you're inspired to be faithful and to know that God has ordained from the beginning of time for the mother in that instance it was Eve but in this instance it's the church that the mother would generate spiritual development spiritual survival and as the gospel says there in Galatians 4 and 19 until Jesus Christ is imprinted in them I believe that's the theme we want to be continue with take with us Galatians 4 19 read it one more time my little children of whom I travail in birth again unto Christ before until Christ be formed in you amen 
I want to refer back to. We had so many wonderful messages in the last several months, and I've been so blessed. But I remember being touched by a uh, statement in one of my daughter's messages. I can't even remember what the title was. But I remember the thought where she mentioned that every encounter leaves, I don't know the words, but it leaves an impact. And I thought back over the years, things that I've said to other persons, things that people have said to me, and it has touched my heart many times in recent weeks that God would guide my words. We don't know whether we're hindering. We don't want to hinder the imprinting of Jesus Christ in the hearts of those around us. We want to implant spiritual development and growth. We don't want to be like the distress of the mother bird on my porch. I don't know if someone breached her nest, but two of the eggs were knocked out, and when they hit the porch, they broke. But she's still sitting on the nest, so there must be eggs still there. We want the survival as much as lies within us. The survival of our, our young, spiritual young, as well as our natural young. And so we want our encounters to be a part of that, creating the travail that generates impact of Jesus Christ in the lives of those around us. I desire God to inspire, guide, and direct my behavior, my spirit, because God in us is what will impact the world. We may think, well, can we speak beautifully? I think about, was that, let me see, I guess it was two and a half, two, I don't know if it was two and a half years ago when I had the stroke. I, it happened of a morning, I didn't realize I'd had a stroke until because I was using my cell phone to call whoever it was. Then finally, when I tried to talk, I could not speak. And I thought, oh, my word, I've had a stroke. I couldn't form words. They were just, no matter how I tried. And then I tried to pick up my phone that I dropped, and I couldn't pick it up. And I realized I'd had a stroke. And then I remember as we worked with therapy, one of the therapists told me something. She said, this is something for us to learn spiritually. She said, you know how you take a trip to Los Angeles? She said, there's more than one way to go. What we do is we make another pathway to the brain to exercise. We start exercising. That's all they did was exercise certain muscles to generate speech. There are those that may be affected to the point that they've lost their way but may the Lord give us wisdom how to help them find their way and so after a while I was able to sit up I was able to because before that I don't know if I could sit up raise my hand then raise my foot and then when the Lord gave me speech so by the help of the Lord, we want our speech. We don't want to distress you. We want to be clear in our speech. But the Lord gave me speech back. At that time, I could not smile. The Lord said, I can give you a smile back. And so I want to glorify God with 
whatever he's given for the rescue of souls, for the implanting of the gospel and of Jesus Christ in the hearts of, and minds of our children, and our children's children, and all the children that the Lord allow us to be connected with. It's such a serious time. Time is of the essence. So we want our time spent well to please God. And we want our travail to not be in vain. May we be inspired to live righteously, to know that God has ordained the blessing from your life. And so as a result, from the time that my children were babies, the Lord taught me how to speak to my children. Even as infants, I thought, well, they can't understand what I'm saying, but they can understand your spirit. Same way with a young soul, it can understand your spirit. May the Lord inspire us to present ourselves in a way that we can generate the gospel so it can be imprinted in the hearts and minds of persons. We're living in a time when many persons do not fully comprehend how precious the gospel is. So it's our responsibility to generate that understanding. May God guide us, inspire us from this day forward. Our prayer, we want to meet the challenge of this generation. Our strength is not the only thing that we're dealing with, but the Spirit of God in us is, is our defense. That's where our victory comes from. So may the Lord bless us all in this hearing. Amen.